Hello, everyone, and welcome to Ace Experiences, the podcast where I talk to Ace people about their experiences. I'm Eric Mulder, and today we have our very first interview for you. I'm going to be talking to Chris. They're a forensic anthropology student in college, and we're going to talk a little bit about what it was like finding the term asexual what it's like having a crush and trying to figure out what a crush is. We're also going to talk a little bit about Chris's experiences not wanting to get married and not picturing a future where they have children. And then lastly, we're also going to chat a little bit about what it's like to be ace in LGBT spaces. So everyone, listen up, and I'll let Chris introduce themselves. My name is Chris. I prefer they, them, but I'm not really picky about it. Honestly, I'm past the point of really caring all that much. (laughs) I'm a forensic anthropology major and history minor. I'm 20 years old in college. I started using the term ace when I found out about it when I was a junior in high school, so I was 17. That is also the same age I started using it. (laughs) So we have something in common there. So you've been identifying as ace for all those years there. Do you hold any other labels that you'd mind sharing? I use a gray pan romantic. That's lovely. Can you describe to me a little bit what those labels mean to you? I mean, like, there's the general description you can find online, not sexually attracted to people. But for me, it's, it's the kind of like the stereotype base. It's always feel like, oh, they're, like, not always, but a lot of them feel like, oh, they're broken or whatever. Mm-hmm. I know it's a stereotype, but I understand why, because I felt like that. And then, like, when I found the term, it clicked, like, that's me. So that was really nice. Figuring out my romantic orientation was a lot harder. That's still kind of a work in progress. Like, I thought I was Arrow, but then I got a really bad crush on someone, and... So I'm not really sure about that one. It's just a work in progress, which, I mean, it's allowed to be. It's all fluid. Yeah, it definitely is. I know for me, I've gone through a lot of different labels, uh, and I'm definitely not committed to anything for now. Half the time I just make I'm gay jokes. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, definitely not straight. We've gotten that far. So, I, I mean, I am attracted to girls, so I have to make a joke about how I'm gay. It works. I feel you on that one. So you mentioned that you got a really bad crush on somebody. Was that the sort of first crush you'd had? I'm not sure, to be honest. I mean, I had a boyfriend for a year, mm-hmm. but thinking about it, I'm not sure if I ever really felt any different towards him than I did towards, like, my family or my friends. Because he was my best friend before we started dating. And so I'm just like, I'm not really sure how all that works out, to be honest. And the guy I have a crush on now is also one of my best friends. So, like, I'm not sure if it's just, like, really strong, like, friend thing or what it is, really. And then, like, I'll see, like, pretty girls and be like, pretty girl. (laughs) I I do that as well, and I get the whole being confused. You're like, what? What is this thing? You mentioned having a a boyfriend for a year. Was that in high school, or when was that? That was my junior year of high school, so third year. When you started dating, were you identifying as ace at that point in time? No. Mm -hmm. I didn't find the term until later on. But I was always, like, weird, like, being touched and stuff, and he was super chill with that. He was really good with, like, are you in a mood to be touched today or not? And, like, not just sexually, although there was some of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was more like, 
did I even want, like, a hug. Because there were times I was like, just don't touch me. It's really nice to hear stories about people having boundaries that are respected, because that's not always, not always, sadly, the case. Did you start identifying as ace during that relationship or after it? During. So what was that process like of figuring out you were ace while being in a relationship? It kind of wasn't a process. It's like, I found the term and it just, it clicked for me. Like the second I heard the term and knew what it meant, I'm like, oh, that's me. Which is really nice. I told him, he's just like, okay. But like, there wasn't really any change because I've never liked being touched all that much to begin with. Yeah, so it was just a, now I have a word for it sort of thing. Pretty much, yeah. Did you tell anyone else when you sort of found out or was it just your boyfriend? Um, Some of my friends, because a lot of my friends are somehow queer. Came out to them because we were all in the same same boat. But what was it like coming out to some of your queer friends that may not be ace? A lot of them hadn't heard the term before. Mm-hmm. But once I explained it, it was all good. So they were sort of believing and understanding? Mm-hmm. Have you sort of come out to to straight people that you don't know particularly well? Mostly because I can't help making jokes about how I'm not straight. <laughs> uh, yeah, understandably. I'll just, like, say, like, like I have straight hair. I'm like, yeah, it's the only part of me that's straight. I've made that joke, too. And I'm just like, it just sort of comes out. I'm like, well, surprise, I'm gay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I totally feel you on that one. So when you do do that, do you tell people you're ace or you just go queer, gay? I just usually go queer, gay because it's easier. Yeah. And also that when I say, like, I talk about pretty girls, they're not like, um, what? There's a bit more understanding that. Yeah. Some options as well. Yeah, that's really interesting. And also exactly what I do as well, or I've started doing. And then just to ask you some questions, and hopefully these aren't too personal, you mentioned sort of having a nebulous maybe crush at the moment. Can you describe to me what that's like? It's kind of like, you know, like I want to hang out with him and... We've, like, cuddled and stuff, because he's, he's one of my best friends, and, like, our boundaries are really weird at this point. <laughs> because, like, we basically live in each other's pockets, because I live in an on-campus apartment, and, like, our apartment's all girls. Mm-hmm. But he lives in the apartment next door to mine. So, like, we do a lot of stuff together, just because, like, we're so physically close, too. Like, he's right there. So, it's a lot of just, like, I want to hang out with him all the time. I'm not really sure, to be honest. I'm bad at describing this kind of thing. It's really hard to describe. Does that feel different than any of your other friendships? Or does it feel just like a more intense version of it? I mean, I have some other, like, I don't like using the term best friend for one Mm -hmm. person. Like, you can have more than one best friend. So, like, my other other best friend, I'm like, I'm not the same way with. Mm So I think it's just him. And then the other thing I was just wondering, because I'm very curious about this, is was that a sort of switch in the way you felt, or was it just sort of a gradual development as you got to know each other better? We don't live close together when we're not at school. We're from different states. Some before freshman, sophomore year. We talked, like, all the time. And then I moved in a week before he did, because I'm in the marching band, and we had band camp. So when he got there, it was just kind of like, I was like, super excited to see him, it just kind of like hit me, I guess. Mm-hmm. I hadn't even noticed, and then like, 
like I we actually like got back together and I was just like, oh crap. <laughs> what does he know? Does he know you are ace? Does he know you sort of have the potentially nebulous crush? Yes. Ooh. That's nice. It involved tears and my roommates giving me hot chocolate. Ooh. That sounds very intense. I have good roommates. Do your roommates know you're ace? Yes. I'm also part of the LGBT club on campus. Mm-hmm. Did you sort of tell them up front or just slip it into conversation or was it sort of a thing they noticed? With the LGBT club, I told them up front. It's like a lot of LGBT spaces are weird about ace people. They're like, oh, you're not ace because you're like, if you're hetero, especially if you're heteroromantic and cis, like you can't, you, you're not LGBT because you're a cishead. And we're like, no, we're ace. So I was up front with them and they're like, awesome. I love them all dearly. My roommates, honestly, I don't remember. This kind of like is a thing. I know one of my friends at home made me um, an ace beanie. I love like that. It's an so ace flag beanie. I'm really open about it. Um, in high school, we had to do for my our English class. It was a blog. We had to do like a post every so often, and it was open for the entire senior class to read. And I wrote a blog post on being ace. I'm open about it. Yeah, that's really interesting. And then you're currently in university, and you're studying forensic anthropology. So I don't know much about forensic anthropology, but one of the things that comes up occasionally in studying uh, people in school is this assumption that all people are sort of sexual beings and sort of a conversation around culture there and around reproduction there. Is that a thing you ever come across in school in education? Not really. I think the most, like, things been related to, like, LGBT stuff at all was um, last year my forensic anth prof, we were talking, and she decided to um, sex is not equal gender. Because she was telling that time that, I don't remember if she was in the case or not, but they had a skeleton that was biologically male. Like, all the features point to a male skeleton, but they found it with, like, silicone breasts and, like, female-associated objects. So they think it was probably a trans person. But it's hard to tell because, you know, like, no matter, like, you could be on hormones your whole life, and to some extent, your skeleton would still be. But other than that, not really. Just we talk about, like, some of, like, that stuff in, in my forensics class and things mm. like that. But only really in the, you can't tell the person that proper identifies from their skeleton. <laughs> because forensic anthropology is on bones. Mm -hmm. I want to do identifications, it's um, medical, legal cases, murders, homicide, missing persons, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really come up. It's nice to hear professors saying Yeah, it's things. been great. Because I'm, like, I'm like, I usually say I'm a girl because, but I, I technically identify as a gender. Mm -hmm. so I'm just like, yeah. yeah. Space for I'm me. Here. Yes, I do exist. I usually say girl because honestly it's easier. And people know what it means. And like I said, like, I... I, I prefer they prefer gender, but I just really, at the point where I just don't really mm -hmm. care. As long as they call me Chris, I don't like people using my full name. Do you think the sort of aceness and the agender, um, gender identity, have anything in common or anything related between the two of them? I don't think so. Separate pieces of you? Mm hmm. I mean, the only time I ever connect them is when I joke about how I'm mom. I'm more than one of the A. Like, the A is an ally. I know because I'm two, I'm two actual A's. <laughs> As is a younger ace person, do you ever think about what being ace means for your future? 
I mean, not really. I've never wanted to get married or have kids. I joke that I'm going to live in, alone in an apartment with my books and a tarantula and a snake. But um, other than that, no. Cause, like, I remember being little and not wanting to get married. That was more that I didn't want to kiss someone in front of my whole family, but <laughs> the point still stands. Um, and, like, I've never, like, imagined being, like, a mom or a wife. I just, like, it's never been in my, like, my view of my future. So you mentioned that like you never really want to get married and you sort of imagine yourself being mainly single-ish for the rest of your future. Is that something you've ever talked to your family about? Not really. But I mean, they can't really like, it's my future. They can't say you have to get married and have kids. Mm-hmm. And honestly, with what I want to do with my life, it's so intense. Like, you know, I want to go on and get a PhD, and then I want to do identifications and work for a, a disaster response team here in the U.S., things like that. I've just, like, never thought about it. And so, like, I've never been mentioned to my family because it doesn't really... But it also doesn't concern them, because it kind of does, but it also doesn't. I don't know if that makes sense. A little bit. Like, they're my family, so, like, they'll save it, but it's my choice, and it's my, my life. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally understand. Do you think your family had sort of a conception of you and what your future relationships look like as you grow up? I mean, I kind of think, like, my mom, like, you know, like, my parents say, like, oh, when you get married, when you have kids, they do that, but Mm -hmm. it's the same thing I feel like, like, I know that most parents do. They know that I'm ace, but I don't think they get it. Yeah. When did you tell them you were ace? Probably not. I feel like it wasn't that long after I figured it out myself. And how did they react to that? Well, once they asked what it was, they're just like, oh, okay, and change the topic. Do you feel like they believe you or understand you when you say that? Not really. I think, like, they're kind of in the... Like, they're not homophobic. I don't want to say that, because they're not. My cousin that, like, we're all closest to, she's gay. She brings her girlfriend, like, Christmas and stuff. So, and I, I don't have any problems with that. I just think it's just, they don't get it. They, they don't really care to get it. What do you mean a little bit more about they don't care to get it? When I was doing my research for that blog post, I wrote an article about it once, too. So, like, a lot of ace people don't necessarily come out because they're like, oh, don't, you don't want to have sex? That's private. That's your business. So I feel like it's kind of that. Okay. Why do I need to know? Exactly. Question. Yeah. Because it's a big part of who I am. It's a big part of my identity. Yeah. But yeah. I don't see it as just like, oh, you don't want to have sex and you're telling me this why exactly? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it is a big part of your identity and it is important to you. Do you think you'd be a different person if you weren't ace? I mean, presumably. Like, I remember like in elementary school, people were like, oh, they're all their crushes and stuff. And I never got that. I mean, that's more romantic than sexual at the point. I was never interested in, like, really having a relationship or any of the sexual stuff. It just wasn't something of interest for me. And I feel like maybe that would have been a bit different, but it's hard for me to say, to be honest, because it's such a big part of who I am that I'm, I'm really not sure. You also mentioned that you have um, a, a cousin who's gay, is that correct? I have two cousins who are gay. Having those sort of older cousins be gay and come out as gay, 
Did that in any way impact what it was like for you to come out? I had already figured out I was ace by the time that I knew that my cousins were gay. So it kind of didn't, really. But, like, I was making jokes. Um, she and her girlfriend came to the beach for a day. And so her, her girlfriend, our grandma, and our next youngest cousin, who is two and a half, all went out. And I was joking that a family can be three gays, a baby, and a grandma. <laughs> Has being ace in any way influenced how you understand what a family is? Not really. I'm going to be the cool aunt. Because <laughs> I don't want my own kids. I'm going to be the cool aunt. That's the, the one who shows up family, who works with bones, and just spoils them. That's going to be my job. But, um, family can be whatever you really want it to be, honestly. It can be three gays, a baby, and a grandma. Exactly, exactly. So you have siblings, then? I have two brothers. Are they older, younger? Younger. Um, almost 18 and almost 15. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I think about in my life is I will probably never get married, and I certainly don't want to be pregnant. So I sort of push that onto my sister a little bit. And that sort of expectation of like, oh, no, wait, my younger sister can handle that. Do you find yourself doing that at all with your family? No, um, I know my brother's almost 18, wants kids in the future. We have two baby cousins and he like loves being around them. He looks so happy. He's holding them. It's adorable. So I know he wants kids and I know one of my best friends wants kids. Do you think you're parents are more comfortable with the idea that you might never have kids and be single your whole life because you have younger siblings who might give them grandkids? I don't know. I don't really know if they've ever thought about like, the fact that like, I don't want kids or and like, it's not even I don't want to be pregnant. I don't want kids. I don't want to adopt or anything. I don't want kids. I feel like I wouldn't be a good parent. <laughs> I'm like, I can really take care of myself. How am I going to take care of small humans? I feel yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's really interesting. Do you think the being ace thing ties into the not wanting to have kids thing. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. I feel like it ties into not wanting to like physically, biologically have kids. I don't think it ties into not wanting kids at all. Full stop. Because like, there's nothing wrong with like a single, a single mom adopting kids. It just doesn't feel right for me. I was playing with the babies at the beach, and I'm like, it's, it was nice to like hold them and play with them. It's also nice being able to give them back when they started crying. <laughs> yeah, I definitely know that the fact that I don't ever want to be pregnant is like very closely tied to the ACEs. Mm -hmm. I was like, no, no, never, never going to happen. Um, if it, yeah, it's just, it's terrifying to even imagine it. And then the other thing you mentioned earlier is boundaries around touch um, and sort of uh, having points in time where you just do not want to be touched at all. Do you think that's related to your aceness in any way? Maybe. I mean, it's hard for me to tell because I, I've always been like that. Mm -hmm. I know part of it is that there was a guy who harassed me for a couple years. Um, he liked to grab me because I would shriek. And he, he, said, he said I squeaked and it was cute. My dad and my grandpa, actually both my grandpas, would like poke me in the ribs and then they walk. So like, if I'm walking behind me, I'll automatically flinch. Which, I mean, they, they mean it like, you know, like teasing, fun way, but... Plus, I'm, like, really, really ticklish. <laughs> so that doesn't help either. So I'm just going to go back to asking you just about your labels a little bit. 
So it's Ace and Grey Panoramatic at the moment. Have those labels changed for you at all? Because you mentioned them being in black. Ace hasn't. My Romantic has. Went from Demi to Arrow to Grey to Grey Pan. So it's always been like Arrow spec. Because like Demi, to some extent, and Grey still fall more or less under a Romantic. I mean, I still use Arrow sometimes. I like to call myself AAA. <laughs> so I mean, it's changed, but not really that much. Just like floated around to parts of the same spectrum. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like your current identity label is the end game? Because I know for me, I've got identity labels, but I'm definitely like, they've changed a lot in the past. I might change my understanding of these terms, or I might change my understanding of my experiences. I mean, it's a possibility, but right now I feel pretty settled because I feel like gray pan pretty much encompasses everything. Yeah. And Ace hasn't changed, and I, I never thought it would. Like, it clicked so much when I heard it the first time. I feel settled right now, but it's always good change. It's always fluid. I'm just going to ask a little bit more about that moment it clicked. Do you remember where you stumbled upon it? I'm pretty sure it was Tumblr. <laughs> That's, to be honest. Yeah, fair enough. What was that like, sort of discovering that there was a word for your experiences? Honestly, the only word I really have for it is it clicked. It just it made sense, like, that's me. Mm-hmm. I know some people feel relieved on finding it out. They have a word that confirms that they are not alone and they are not broken. Was that your experience yes. in any way? Mm-hmm. And I do that even with, like, words that aren't necessarily, like, good, like, mental health stuff. I have a friend who's like, but you don't want to have this. I'm like, no, but it's nice having a label and knowing I'm not just going crazy. It's actually a thing. So it's nice to have a term for it. And, I mean, this is different than mental health. I'm proud of of my orientation. I'm proud of being ace. Like, you know, gay pride, lesbian pride. I'm proud of being ace, asexual pride. But um, it was nice having a label because it meant I wasn't just broken. I wasn't just, you know, different and wonky. I was like, it's actually a thing. There's more people like me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Before you had that label, did you feel broken and wrong? Yeah. Um, just like everyone seemed so interested, like as we were getting older and like dating and sex, and I never did. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, is there something wrong with me? What's up with this? Do you remember thinking what might be up with it? Not really. Just like I, I just remember, like even in elementary school, not getting it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was someone who was always reading and writing, and I just thought it was like that, that I just, you know, wasn't there yet. I realized that it wasn't an I'm not there, it was actually a term for this, and it's like actually a thing, so that was nice. This is definitely a thing I did. Did you just sort of assume you were a late bloomer, and eventually at some point in time it would hit you? Pretty much. I feel like a lot of people do, like, until they find, like, the word, they're like, that they're just like, oh, I'm just a late bloomer, I'll get there eventually, and then they find, like, there's a word for it, and they're like, wait a minute. <laughs> Maybe it's that. Or, like, for me, it's that. (laughs) (laughs) When you had that label, did you sort of understand other people more? Did you look at your friends who weren't ace and go, oh, I get why you're having these experiences because they are different than the way I experienced it? Did they make more sense or less sense after? I kind of didn't realize that not everyone saw relationships and stuff the way I did. Mm-hmm. A lot of my friends, you know, like, they weren't ace, but they weren't super interested in getting into a relationship in high school. So it didn't really do all that much, but there was some level of of that. Mm-hmm. 
in that comment, you talked a little bit about how you understand relationships and being different than what your friends seem to be understanding. How did you understand relationships at the time? I kind of only knew, like, you said, like, I read a lot and I wrote. So I kind of, like, understood, like, what I knew from what you saw in books and things like that. I never understood the idea of, like, attraction. <laughs> like, I got it on, like, a theoretical level, but not on a practical level. Yeah, I definitely still look at relationships, and I still don't. I don't fundamentally understand what they are. Like, I understand. Like, I like the idea of, like, you know, hold, having someone to hold hands with and cuddle, like, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But, like, you can do it with your friends. Exactly. If you're good enough friends. <laughs> Is there anything about being ace and about figuring out your ace that scared you or worried you? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. It felt so comfortable and so right. The only thing that I didn't like was the whole like acceptance of the people who are ace within the LGBT community. That was the only thing. Was coming to school and being like, I'm ace, can I join this club or you going to kick me out because I'm ace? <laughs> you know? Like, you see a lot of that on Tumblr sometimes. So starting university and sort of joining LGBT clubs and organizations, was that the first time you'd been in explicitly queer spaces? Yes. My high school had an LGBT club, but it met after school and, like, Fridays, and I danced on Fridays, and, like, I had to to walk home with my younger brothers, and it just didn't work out for me to go. Unfortunately, a lot of my friends were in it, It but it just didn't work out. You mentioned being a little worried about entering that space as an ace person and wondering about whether or not you would be accepted. Was there anything else you were sort of worrying about, about entering those spaces as an ace person? Not as an ace person, no. As a person with with, um, social anxiety, yes. Fair enough. Fair enough. How did that go? What was that actually like for Um, you? I'd actually talked to the president and vice president at the club fair and been like, I'm ace, is that okay? So I already knew that they were open to it. And they were, like, open and accepting. Happy to hear that. Going forward into the future with Ace Identity and Ace Community, what do you want to see? What's the utopia? Better acceptance within LGBT spaces. Like, better relations between people who are Ace and, like, LGBT spaces because I've seen a lot of Ace people get, like, defensive and kind of, like, lash out, you know? And so let's see that. And just, like, more awareness of asexuality. Because a lot of people, even people who are LGBT, don't know what it is. Some um, desexualized, there's a lot of like, like gay bars and like clubs and stuff. But a lot of them, just like by nature being a bar or a club, can be very sexual. So it's like some like desexualized LGBT spaces for like people who are ace or people who are LGBT and younger. Because I feel like a lot of like LGBT stuff is lost. Oh, it's a sexual orientation. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that makes it hard for people who are younger and people who are ace to feel like they fit into the community and come to terms with their identity. I'd like to see that. You don't have to be like perfectly pure and everything. You can you can still have, you know, your sexualized spaces, but have some that also aren't. I've seen that post on Tumblr it says how about I am an LGBT coffee shop? And I'd be so down for that. Honestly. I love coffee shops. <laughs> Let's go. (laughs) That sounds really nice. Thanks so much for taking the time to do this, Chris. It was fun. I enjoyed it.
Bye. <laughs> thank you so much, Chris, for taking the time to do this. And thank you to everyone who's listened all the way to the end. It means a lot to me. I hope you all found something that you can relate to in Chris's experience, or maybe something completely outside of your experience as an ace person. If you have any comments, suggestions, or criticism, please send them my way to aceexperiencespodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to be interviewed at a later day, please send me an email and just tell me a little bit about yourself. Thank you all so much for listening, and I'll talk to you again soon with our next episode. And everybody, keep being ace.